What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are powerful. Is it's in my head? Fan effect. Welcome back, everybody. Join us now is Andy Farnsworth, host of KSL News Radio's The Movie Show, every Friday from 9 to noon, the Fan Effect podcast. What what don't you do? Traffic? You've got it all, Andy. Well, in some days it feels like it a little feels bit like too it. much. Today's that's one of those. Sure. Well, yeah, but I've got a little bit of everything for you today, including a horror movie that's so ridiculous and bad that it's actually kind of entertaining. But first, our big release of the week is a return to the action movie genre for Denzel Washington, uh, another entry in the Equalizer movie franchise. Now, in Equalizer 3, Washington reprises his role as Robert McCall, former Marine and intelligence officer who uses his particular skills and training to help out regular folks who are oppressed by the wealthy or powerful. Robert finds himself in Italy this time, living in a small Sicilian town while he recovers from injuries on what suffered on one of his excursions. Could this be where he finally finds peace? Nope, violence always seems to follow him, and soon Robert's defending the townspeople from members of powerful Italian crime families, while also trying to help a young CIA agent, played by Dakota Fanning, to crack an international drug smuggling ring. Washington's solid as McCall, but the years do seem to be taking their toll on Denzel, the actor. His character is still quick and deadly, though, and as many a mafia man finds out the hard way, fans of the Equalizer series should be mostly happy with this entry, and there are some specific ties to the first two movies. Number three felt a little slow developing to me, especially the first third of the movie, and it also feels very similar to many other action-slash-revenge movie franchises. I'm not sure people who aren't already fans will make much of an effort to see this one. Equalizer's rated R, and it's only in theaters. Okay, Shara, you ever watch a movie that's just so bad that it just sort of becomes entertaining? Um, I'm going to say, yeah, actually the one where... I shouldn't say it. You tell me. Okay, well, I'll You've tell got you. one, though. All right, well, I, got, yeah, I definitely got one of those in this week. It's called Slother House. Okay. A horror movie <laughs> where a murderous sloth terrorizes a college sorority house. Yes, you heard that right. Sloth? As in a three-told sloth poached from her home in the Amazon, brought to the United States, where she eventually ends up as the mascot for a college sorority house. But little does everyone know that this sloth, while being totes adorbs, also has a murderous side to its nature, as well as an inexplicable ability to use a cell phone, a computer, post to social media, steal and drive a car, and survive multiple gunshot and stab wounds. Oh, and there's also a plot where two rival pretty girls are running for sorority president, but none of that matters. You're not seeing this movie for the story. This movie is one where you watch it with a bunch of friends and laugh and make fun of it. Now, for what it's worth, the movie fully understands this and never takes itself seriously at any point, which actually kind of helps. This is a zero-star movie that gets one star from me just because of its clever title and because it has fun with its own stupidity. Slother House is rated PG-13 somehow and is only in theaters well, for this week anyway. We'll see. <laughs> Switching tracks now from silly and stupid to a movie that actually dares explore some bigger subject matter, despite its weird-sounding title, is Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. It's based on a true story, and it stars Simon Pegg as a paranormal researcher named Nandor Fodor. He and his assistant Anne, played by Minnie Driver, have journeyed to an island off the coast of Ireland and Britain in the 1930s to investigate claims that local residents have seen and heard a talking mongoose named Jeff. Fodor is very skeptical, especially after a fellow researcher played by Christopher Lloyd tells him about his own experience. And nothing that Fodor sees makes him believe that it's anything more than a hoax. 
But he also can't explain why people seem to genuinely believe that Jeff the mongoose is real. And when Fodor does finally talk to Jeff, he's stunned when Jeff seems to know things about Fodor that theoretically a talking mongoose shouldn't know making Fodor question his own certainties about things. Now, the movie's really a subtle examination of belief and faith, their causes and effects, and while I don't necessarily agree with the filmmaker's conclusions, it could spark some interesting discussions among people after they see it. Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose did have some genuinely funny moments as well. It's rated PG-13, and it's playing in select theaters. Now over to streaming. Netflix has debuted a new series that I had never heard of before, but my daughter apparently knew, based on a Japanese comic book, which is traditionally known as manga, only it's live action instead of animated this series. It's called One Piece, and it tells a tale of a, from a world full of seafaring pirates and people with strange superhuman abilities. So basically, if superheroes were part of Pirates of the Caribbean, a young wannabe pirate named Monkey Luffy decides he's going to try and find a legendary lost and massive treasure. Problem is, he has no ship, no crew, and no idea where the treasure is. He does, however, have a straw hat, a positive attitude, Oh, and a superhuman ability of basically being made out of rubber. As Luffy proceeds on his quest, he begins building connections with others, including a famous pirate hunter and a skilled thief, while also making enemies of the local military and other pirates as he searches for and uses, what else, a treasure map. It is about pirates. Now, I've never seen the original comic or animated series on which One Piece is based. So I started fresh, and I have to admit, it took me a bit to kind of feel out what the series is trying to do. But the Monkey Luffy character is hard not to like, and this show kind of grew on me as I watched it. It's rated TV 14, and there is some blood and fighting, but it's also somehow lighthearted, even in those scenes. It's kind of weird. I only got to watch two of the episodes, but it was enough for me to decide to keep going. All eight of the episodes are on Netflix right now. Now, for the honorable mention list, stuff we didn't have enough time for more details. First up is a new thriller mystery movie starring Hilary Swank, Olivia Cook, and Jack Rayner called The Good Mother. Hilary Swank is a journalist grieving the murder of her son who teams up with his pregnant girlfriend to try and track down the people who killed him. In the process, they wade through a world of drugs and corrupt cops. The movie itself was okay at first, but the ending was a giant cop-out, and it really soured me on the whole thing. You can skip this one. The Good Mother's rated R and is in theaters. On streaming, fans of The Wheel of Time finally get a second season of the sci-fi fantasy series. It's based on the hit book series about a humble boy from a farm who learns he's a dangerous figure from history just destined to either save the world or go mad and destroy it. In season two, old and new threats seek out Rand and his friends who are now scattered over the world. The woman who found and guided them can no longer help them, so the crew has to find other sources of strength, either in the light or the dark. This is a weekly streaming series with new episodes each Thursday on Prime Video. Another streaming series with a new season, if, you know, like Alien Invasions, I guess. And it seems like there's a lot of those kind of things recently. And a second season of Invasion on Apple TV Plus is now underway. Very expensive series to produce, reportedly costing $200 million. But its first season did well enough that the telling the story of an alien invasion of Earth from the perspective of several different people around the world, that it got a second season, which kicks off with the aliens increasing their attacks in an all-out war against the humans. If you like sci-fi drama, Invasion drops a new episode each week on Apple TV+. Plus. Finally, emphasis on the word final, is the final season of the animated spy action comedy Archer on Hulu. Now, this long-running series is basically what if James Bond was an actual alcoholic whose mother was the head of his spy agency? 
None of Archer's team is very effective at their spying jobs, but they're very effective at making you laugh with bonkers missions and hilarious banter among themselves. Though I do have to warn you, the show is a bit of an acquired taste. This is animated, but it is for grown-ups only with lots of grown-up language and content. The final season of Archer is streaming on Hulu with a new episode each week. Now, looking ahead to next week, we have another big, fat Greek wedding some 20-odd years after the first one. And really not a whole lot else, but Shara, the morning show's coming back on Apple TV Plus here in a couple of weeks. It is, it is. So there are some things on the horizon, but next week there's like the nun. Honestly, with all the the writer's strike continuing on, I'm re-watching every rom-com that ever was popular. What's your favorite? Uh, Besides the holiday. (laughs) I love the holiday. I just watched um, Something About You. I think that's what the title is. Anyway, I'm just going back. Whatever is available and it's a rom-com, I'm watching it. She's having rom-com comfort. I, I, I am. I am. That's all right. All right, Andy Farzer, thank you so much. We appreciate your recommendation. Hey, thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful, and I invite you to check out my other in-depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on ksltv.com. I'll see you there.